This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today I am so pleased to welcome back Amy Jen Sue to the show. Amy, welcome back. I am so happy to have you on the show again. Carolyn, thanks so much for having me back. It's just great to be here. We had a, a lovely conversation last time about your book, The Leader You Want to Be. And today we're going to be talking about a different book called Own the Room, Discover Your Signature Voice to Master Your Leadership Presence. A little bit of a different conversation, but as you and I shared before the show, a bit of a, a continuation because they're so beautifully linked. Yes, Carolyn, thank you. They really both stem out of a common mission and vision that my hope is all folks out there working today feel like they can be who they're meant to be and make the difference they're meant to make without compromising our integrity, our authenticity, our health, our relationships. And so that's probably the common denominator between both books. You know, you talked about how for years you and your co-author had been working with leaders about their leadership presence. And as an executive coach, I hear this all the time, executive presence and discovering one's voice at work, being authentic, connecting with others. So what propelled you then to write this book together? I think it's, as you mentioned, Carolyn, we were out in the trenches working with leaders and this topic of presence kept coming up for folks. And the question of what does that really mean? Does that mean I have to be somebody I'm not? Does that mean I have to puppet somebody? And I think Muriel, my co-author and I really just believed in, you know, there's a way to find that sweet spot between authenticity and being effective. And we just wanted to reach more leaders. And so a book was a perfect way to bring to a broader audience a lot of the work we were doing one-on-one with folks. So define for our global audience what you mean by owning the room. It's so interesting. As we work, we're in so many different rooms. So when you think about where your presence touches, we have so many different stakeholders, whether it's our direct reports, our peers, folks we have to manage up to. We have so many different formats and platforms. I think right now during work from home, there's even presence through video calls and through audio calls. When folks are back at work or for those who are back in an office, there's your presence in the boardroom, in a conference room, in the feedback room. So thinking about own the room is how do you appropriately take your space while allowing others to have their space and really make the impact you hope to have. Excellent. Now, what I find really compelling is you write about mindset and how that's a huge part of effectively communicating. So tell me a little bit more about that. What about mindset and and what should we be thinking as we, we process our own leadership presence? Mindset after all these years, Carolyn, has become like that lever that we never realized 20 years ago when we started this whole journey as coaches would have the impact that it has on presence. I think often we think of presence as, hey, if you change your suit or you stand up taller, that that's going to make a difference. And in fact, you really have to look at your mindset and what are the assumptions 
at play that you have about yourself, about the situation or the audience. And mindset can really either empower you or get in the way. So can you give an example of, of both, actually? Absolutely. So imagine if I have a mindset going into a meeting that, wow, I have to have all the answers here. My job is to have all the answers. Then I'm much more likely to show up with a presence that's all about advocating. And then I forget to listen or hear other people out. Or I get thrown off guard when somebody asks me a question that I don't have the answer for. Or let's take a mindset that's even deeper. I know for me, Carolyn, growing up as an Asian American in this country, I grew up in a household uh, with immigrant parents who for 18 years said to me, hey, it's all about the group. It's all about the family. Don't speak up. Don't have your voice be heard. And so I carried that mindset with me into the corporate world. And sure enough, as you can imagine, my first five years of work, every performance review said, Amy needs to speak up. Mm -hmm. So I was working against 18 years of socialization and mindset and realizing it was time to update, you know, that very mindset in a way that honored the values of my family and collaboration, but I had to learn the distinction between being deferential versus being respectful. And I remember you and I talked about this in, in the conversation about your other book, The Leader You Want to Be. How did you find your signature voice? Because that's really unique and authentic for you. You know, the discovery of one signature voice is probably a lifetime of work. Uh, but I think for me, it was really following some of the tools and principles in the book. Number one, I had to look at what mindsets were updated to who I need to be now and the impact that I want to have and what mindsets were getting in the way. And so I had to figure out how to shift from one thing to another. The second piece was really saying, given the way I want to express my voice in the world, do I have the full communications toolbox? Am I over-indexing on listening and asking questions and instead need to now flex the muscles in advocacy or storytelling or framing or other skills? And then finally, we can't underestimate the nonverbal piece of what we telegraph into the world. And so could I figure out how to dial up and dial down my nonverbals as the situation demanded? I love that. I love that. So let me ask, I, I find there to be a, a generational distinction. And, and I say this with, with respect, our baby boomers have a very different expectation of executive presence. Likewise, Gen X, Gen Z, and our millennial generations have a very different lens. Did you find that in your research with this, that there is a generational difference in how we approach presence? That's such an interesting lens to put on it, Carolyn. We didn't actually cut the data that way. We did look at the difference in gender where, you know, if you look at the research from Catalyst, which is just such a wonderful organization, they did find that women are more penalized when we play at the extremes of presence. And so it's a double bind that women leaders and professionals need to be aware of. But I think that the fact that you're raising the generational piece is a great one and one that I'm definitely going to look into. 
Well, I thank you for, for mentioning Catalyst. I love their work. And I know uh, you took a deep dive into that as well while you were pursuing your research. So, you know, one of the classic questions that I hear from the women whom I coach is, should I stay casual? Should I be more polished? How do I find that balance uh, with assuming that voice of a leader, but also remaining approachable and, and not too high on a pedestal so people don't feel like they can connect with me? me. What are your thoughts on that? I think especially for women leaders, you know, early in our careers, we're told, hey, make sure you demonstrate your competence. And as we become more senior, you're right, our humanity and our ability to connect with others becomes really critical. So I always say to folks, try to find that wonderful balance of both warmth and authority. Warmth doesn't need to alone doesn't need to mean that you are a pushover or that you don't have high expectations around quality of work. So you still need to demonstrate your authority, but you don't want to swing that pendulum to the point that you're not approachable or people think that you're intimidating. So I always say, what does warmth plus authority look like together? Oh, I love that. Yes. Warmth plus authority. Amy, this is a fabulous conversation. Hold on and we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, Let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So I I love... uh talking about connection in as it relates to this book. And you talk so beautifully, you and Muriel write about having our voices heard and helping others get their points across. And you address three very particular things in, in the way that we can grow. You call it three different levers. Would you share a bit about that, Amy? Sure. The three levers are easy to remember. We call it the ACE model. So the A and ACE is that mental conditioning that you've mentioned already around our assumptions. So what assumptions and beliefs are you thinking in your mind that then telegraph out into the world? The second lever of the ACE model is the C and ACE, which is our communication strategy. How robust is that communication toolbox of yours? And rather than thinking that that's about authenticity, I always say, stay authentic, but have a really robust toolbox. And then the third lever is the E and ACE, which is our physical conditioning. This is around that subtle energy we telegraph and that whole world of nonverbals that's available to us. So I want to drill down a little deeper, in particular with uh, the communication bit in the toolbox. And you talk about how we should ask questions and also how we should listen. And this is such an interesting concept. Not everyone can perform active listening. And I think it's crucial in how we interact authentically with people and a key, key skill for leaders. So what are your thoughts about how we ask questions and how we listen? I love what you're saying here about listening and the importance of it. And in the book, we talk about three levels of listening. So there's that surface level, level one listening, 
where most of us have been trained on in terms of making eye contact or nodding your head or acknowledging what you hear. But the real challenge is, can we settle ourselves within ourselves deeply enough to really listen at level two and level three? So level two, Carolyn, is when we can really listen for the issues. And I think that's where questions come in. When I hear something, am I able to hold a a stance of curiosity and ask you follow-on questions? Carolyn, tell me more about that. How did that come to be? What resources have you already tried? So you're trying to unpack and better clarify and understand what somebody's sharing with you. And then level three listening is taking it really deep into our bodies. Are we listening with our mind, our hearts, and our bodies such that even when I hear your words, I'm beginning to understand perhaps the underlying motivation that's at play, the underlying agenda that might be there. I might be able to tap into the emotions that are there and elicit empathy. And so there are really different levels of listening where asking questions are really critical. And we should really try to challenge ourselves to say, can we listen that deeply? I love that. A mentor shared with me many years ago, and it it's, has stuck with me to this day. You can listen to respond where your your voice in your head is already saying, okay, how do I respond to that? Or you can listen to learn and understand. And of course, the goal is to try to really be an authentic, authentic, active listener and listen to learn. So I think there are similar concepts there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's talk a bit about expression. You mentioned earlier, you know, many of us are still working from home or, or a hybrid scenario. We're going into our workplaces less often than we did uh, with this hybrid reality. So what about our, our physical presence and our nonverbal communication? And let's be specific on, on Zoom or WebEx, you know, whatever our, our, our visual communication tool is in our respective workplace. Why does nonverbal communication matter? It's so amazing when you look at the research that our nonverbal communication is actually anywhere from 75 to 90 percent of our impact, depending on which uh, study you read. If you think about a young child, we're attuned to these nonverbals. There's a big difference if I, as a parent, say, come here versus using the exact same words, come here. So we're attuned to nonverbals. Uh, from a very, very young age. And so I think as we think about presence, you have to pause and say, what is my body and my tone and my voice telegraphing? What's it communicating? And what is my body telling me about how comfortable I'm feeling in a given situation? And so the E and ACE around energy is a really important lever to pay attention to. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, one of my favorite things uh, is to read reviews of books because it's fascinating for me to hear what others have to say about the book. And one of your reviewers said, um, Own the Room is a must read for anyone transitioning into or aspiring toward an enterprise-wide leadership position. And he goes on to say, there's an undeniable link between self-awareness and leadership. So how might any of our listeners around the globe start to peel back the layers and become more self-aware? I think just by pausing to think about what is presence? What is my presence? What am I telegraphing out to others? And being intentional around that. Do I want what I telegraph into the world to be positive and have a positive impact? Or is what I'm telegraphing something that's more negative, even 
when it might be unintended. So I think pausing and reflecting back on the last two weeks, hey, as I think about the last two weeks of meetings I've been in, which ones did I have the impact that I intended and which ones didn't quite go the way I hoped? And those are normally great starting points to then unpack issues of presence. And Amy, do you recommend that people get some trusted safe space feedback from from those who are observing them so you can weigh that with what you're thinking and feeling and observing? Because I think other people may have interesting views to share. Oh, I think, yes. Anyone that you feel safe with to bring under your tent, to offer a moment of holding up the mirror, to say, hey, you are in a lot of meetings with me. I've been thinking about working on my presence and my effective impact with others. Giving others permission to sit down and say, what do you think went well? And what suggestions might you have for me the next time I find myself in a meeting like that? I think that can be really powerful. That's lovely. I like that accountability partnership, right? Someone who's trusted, who is wanting to help you on that developmental journey. So Amy, let's get real for a minute. You write so eloquently about, okay, sometimes our nerves get the best of us, or we feel like we need to prove ourselves, or maybe there's a stressful environment. What are your your thoughts and action steps about how we navigate that as far as owning the room and, and still being authentic? Oh, those high stakes situations where nerves are at play. Um, Number one, I would say, bring a little self-compassion. We can be so hard on ourselves and absolutely our own worst critic. So number one, I always say to folks, don't assume that the clock is at zero. When you walk into that room, it's not the first time you've presented. It's not the first time you've been in a high stakes situation. And so self-compassion and remembering that you've been there before can be really helpful. Second, preparation to be on the fly. That's my favorite mantra. Prepare really well and then let go of your preparation so that you can be 100% present and on the fly. And then have your own Uh, grounding rituals before heading into a high stakes situation. So don't run back to back right up until a high stakes meeting. Make sure you've blocked 15 minutes, half an hour transition so that you can settle yourself and get centered. Oh, I love it. Such good practical advice. You know, what I appreciate about you so much is that you're on a mission to help people be who they are meant to be. This is all about authenticity, authenticity, pardon me, and bringing our true selves to the table. Do you, do you find that sometimes uh, folks that you've worked with need to refresh or dust off their, their presence, their persona and reboot it a little bit? I do think whenever our external game changes in any way, Carolyn, you have to pause and think about your presence because when the container that you're operating in gets bigger, whether that's growth of your family, whether that's growth of your role or span of control or the number of audiences or types of audiences that you're interfacing with, those are all great places to say, hey, the game around me has changed let me now look at this and say, what do I need to reboot and reorganize around my own practices for self-care and around my own preparation techniques for high-stakes situations? Amy Jensu, I treasure you. I just love your work. And this book is co-authored by Muriel Magnon Wilkins. And of course, the, the name of the book, again, is 
own the room, discover your signature voice to master your leadership presence. And it is available on Amazon and all major book book retailers. But of course, it's also on hbr.org on their online bookstore. Amy, thank you. I, I learned so much from you and I'm deeply grateful. Thank you so much for having me. And I just love what you're doing here and all the work that you put out into the world. So thank you. Thanks, Amy. Take good care and give Muriel my best as well. Thank you. Sounds great. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening.